0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer and today we are joined by Arlen Suderman with Stonex. Arlen, thanks for joining us uh, again here today. Uh, First of all, let's just take a quick check on the market screen, starting with the grains here today. Slightly higher in corn, looks like two to four higher, catches most of the contracts. Soybeans, another good day. Uh, Some of the nearbys up double digits, 10 to uh, 14 higher. And then in Kansas City wheat, we ended uh, two to four higher as well uh, just give us your uh your thoughts overall as you look at the uh, action from today midweek wednesday uh, how would you s- describe today's trade arlen
1: well it's kind of choppy and mixed but finished on a relatively positive note and uh from a farmer standpoint i'll certainly take that um <clears throat> i think energy was probably le- the leader here we saw soybeans try to uh, see some follow through buying, stumbled a little bit, was unable to do so, and, and then came back and, and finished the day solid enough with some good gains of, and some new highs there. So that was generally positive. Corn and wheat, while they were positive, we were still really kind of in the same trading ranges that we've been into for some time now.
0: All right. You mentioned energy. Maybe we'll start with there as one of the outside influences. What's going on with energy? Uh, was there anything from uh, EIA or anything like that that uh, uh, kind of gave us direction?
1: Well, from energy standpoint, it's pretty much all about the Middle East right now. Uh, as tensions are really escalating. President Biden is over in Israel right now. That, the first half of his trip was going to be in Israel. The second half was going to be a meeting with some Arab leaders and that has been canceled uh, because of we had an explosion a major explosion at a, a at a hospital in the Gaza strip that killed hundreds of palestinians and there's also been some unconfirmed reports of uh, maybe a mosque and a school hit as well and so tensions are really escalating fast right now that is raising the risks for energy particularly from the region both natural gas and crude oil and so the energy markets are adding some risk premium that then provides some spillover effect for those grains that are involved with the biofuel the assumption being if we do see a significant rise in in energy prices that demand for biofuels will go up and so that provides some support for corn and soybeans
0: Uh, Maybe one other thing on the energy. I I noticed uh, ethanol numbers came out here earlier today. Ethanol production expanded by 3.1%, while while stocks continue to go down. They were down almost uh, 2%. So looks like there's some demand, uh, looks like some crushed demand there, huh?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now that we're getting the fresh new crop corn in, we're seeing ethanol plants take advantage of that and increasing the output that we're getting. Um, increasing demand for corn. I think ethanol demand for corn over the coming year is probably going to be one of the solid components. If you look at the three-legged chair that is corn demand, we look at ethanol demand, we look at feed demand, and we look at exports. Feed demand we know is going to be soft because of the lack of cattle to feed. Those cattle numbers are down and they're going to be down for probably for several years. Um uh, But uh, exports are also weak, very weak, in fact, and uh, that's going to be down. So at least ethanol is one of the bright spots right now. Maybe not seeing a significant increase, but good and solid and hanging in there.
0: All right. Let's switch our, our attention to and go over and what's going on in beans here. We mentioned that beans did have a, a strong day here. Uh, some of the nearby is up 10 to 14. Uh, and you look at next year, even November 24 was up six. Um, soybean meal had a good day. Uh, we lost a little value in the oil. Uh, can you tell me what what's at play in the soybean complex today, Arlen?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of different factors at play there. You start off with a crop report last week who showed you know, tighter stocks than what was anticipated, USDA cutting yield, but more than expected. And when you look at the history of USDA, when it cuts its soybean yield um, in both September and October, it's done that six times in the last 30 years. Uh, out of those six times, it cut it again in November, five of those six times by an average of a half bushel. So the expectation is the supply is going to get even smaller going forward. So then you look at the demand side of it. We did get some good buying in meal here over the last couple of days. Uh, Meal prices have been in decline for quite some time and we found an area where we're finally picking up some good demand and that's providing some support for soybeans and uh, so soybeans are, are rallying some of its technical in nature as well that lead November contract has really been trying to push through the $13 mark and for the January contract that's the 1320 level we probed through it closed back below it and then probe back through it and closed above it now and so we're getting some <clears throat> some strength there technical strength it's not real convincing overall um, but it does certainly look positive from a stand, from a price standpoint, being able to try to sustain some momentum. That's difficult to do during harvest time, when you're having new, new crop supplies hit the market. Uh, we are anticipating that uh, uh, we are seeing some planting delays in Brazil provide a little bit of support. That may be shifting a little Chinese business to us. Because, excuse me, because of the delays. In Brazil, that's giving a little bit more of a premium to the front end of the curve, giving us a price inversion there, and that's making U.S. soybeans a little bit cheaper and inviting a little bit more Chinese buying.
0: All right. Arlen Suderman from Stonex, our guest on today's channel, Final Bell, here on the Rural Radio Network. Uh, coming up in our second half, I, I have a couple of other thoughts on uh, beans that I'd like you to talk about. We're going to talk about small grains as well and uh, see what uh, is going on in livestock as well. There's also a number of other outside influences that we want to talk about. We talked about uh, energy. That was one of the things. Uh, interest rates, treasury yields, what sort of an impact is that having um, on the grain trade. Stay tuned. That and more is coming up in the second half of the channel, Final Bell, here on the Rural Radio Network. KRVN. Welcome back to the channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer, again by uh, joined by Arlen Suderman from Stonex. Just wrapping up on soybeans, um, as the beans do come uh, off of the harvest, uh, what do you think is having the bigger influence to our local prices? Is it uh, you know the, the strong crush that we've been talking about for a while? Uh, what about uh, the shipping and the export opportunities out of the U.S.? What does what that dynamic look like right now?
1: Well, the bottom line comes down to the bottom line. The bottom line of the balance sheet is ending stocks, projected ending stocks going forward. You have three components of that. You have supply, you have domestic demand, and you have export demand. Supply is getting shorter. Is it small enough to justify rationing demand with higher prices? That's the question to be answered yet. On the domestic demand, we know that that is solid and that is increasing for soybeans. As we're increasing the number of renewable diesel plants in America, we're increasing the number of crush facilities to crush soybeans to create oil feedstock for those renewable diesel plants. So that's increasing domestic demand. Those investors want to see a payback on that investment. Exports is where the real question mark is. A lot is hinging on what happens in Brazil with the start of their new growing season, which will impact Chinese buying decisions and whether they buy from Brazil or buy from the United States. We could see a, a bullish export story or we could see a very bearish export story. That's yet to be determined. That will impact that bottom line. And I think we'll learn a lot over the next few weeks. China has purchased about 70% of what they need shipped in November. They've got all their October shipments booked already. They've booked almost no soybeans for shipment in December and January because they're waiting to see how things unfold in Brazil. So there's a lot at stake here that we should see play out over the next few weeks to give us an idea of whether these are about as good of prices as we're going to get or whether we have more upside potential to come yet.
0: All right, Well, like you say, we'll have to wait and see what uh, how that all plays out. I guess. What about in the small grains? Again, uh, kind of. Uh, Kansas City was up two to four on the wheat. Minneapolis was up uh, five to seven. It looks like uh, Chicago was the leader, up nine to ten in some contracts. Uh, are are small grains being drug along, or do they have their own storylines to follow?
1: Uh, right now, they're just kind of consolidating, um, and for today, that meant higher prices overall. That um, this is a market where We are adequately supplied on the world market overall because of a lot of cheap wheat being pumped out of Russia. They've had two bumper crops back to back and so they're dumping record amounts of wheat on the world market. If anything ever threatens their ability to do that, that would be a game changer for the wheat market. Now, hard red winter wheat supplies are the biggest problem here in the States. That's what we have the biggest supply of. Export demand has been very poor overall china has come in and bought some soft red winter wheat there's been reports in the cash market that china's snooping around for hard red winter wheat we haven't had the confirmation of that at least suggests that maybe we're competitively priced at this level that's a good thing uh if they come in and buy that helps the other thing that we're watching is brazil brazil grows a lot of wheat they use a lot of wheat what they grow is in the southern part of the country, and that's when, where they've been having excessive rains. And it's getting late in the growing season there, just ahead of harvest. So if they have substantial quality problems with that wheat because of the heavy, persistent rains, they're going to have to import milling wheat. They normally would start with importing from Argentina, but Argentina has a very shortened, drought-shortened crop. So if they have to significantly increase their imports, that would mean probably U.S. hard red winter wheat. So if we get Brazil and China both coming in for hard red winter wheat, that could change the game kind of on the hard red winter wheat picture. That's a big if right now, but that's something that's a real possibility.
0: All right. Arlen, we've got a minute left. Let's go over in livestock. And you and I were talking before we went on the air. Uh, Catalan Feed Report comes out on Friday afternoon. Uh, but what about this... Uh, average estimate the range for placements 10 uh, percent from top uh, the the top uh, of the guesses to the bottom of the guesses does that h- indicate anything to you with what's going on out there what, what do you make of that
1: yeah there's a lot of question mark about how many cattle are available to be placed right now after the recent months and a shorter supply overall the average expectation is about a 10 percent decrease from year ago levels leaving us fewer cattle to feed going forward. So that's going to be real key. And the other thing, we'll be looking at the mix of placements between steers and heifers to see if we see any indication of starting to rebuild the breeding herd. We don't think so because of the weather pattern still not conducive to that. That's going to be the key is when does that rebuilding start because that'll tighten us up in supplies even more.
0: All right. As we wrap up here, how do folks get a hold of you? How do they how can they follow along with what you do?
1: stonex.com or follow me on X formerly Twitter. Uh, my handle is Arlen, arlanff F F one zero one.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Arlen Suderman from Stonex, our guest on today's Final Bell. A reminder, trading of commodity futures does involve substantial risk of loss, may not be suitable for all investors. That is today's Channel Final Bell. It's brought to you by Channel and your local dealers. Here on the Rural Radio Network, Chad Moyer reporting.